Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, Golf Monthly's weekly look at the various different events around the world in golf. This week we hear from 1992 Masters champion Fred Couples, look ahead to the FedEx Cup playoffs and our usual quiz returns. Hi guys, Justin Rose here and welcome to the Golf Monthly Clubhouse podcast. Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, my name is Tom Clark. And as ever, I'm joined by Elliot Heath. How are you doing, Elliot? Hello, Tom. Good, thanks. Good to have you back. My dad was uh, was wondering where you were last week. He missed out on the quiz uh, and he he missed you, I think, as well. Well, he's only, he's only, he's only human, isn't he? Uh, yeah, we had a kind of a week off last week after the Open. Uh, we had a Bill Elliot special, which Elliot spoke to uh, him are over a few pints. If you haven't heard that one, do look back and uh, do listen to it. Some fascinating insight over his years as a golf journalist. Yeah, we got some good comments from that as well. So thank you to those who um, sent some feedback in. That was very nice. Got some iTunes reviews. And yeah, if you haven't listened to it, I would thoroughly recommend some great Seve stories, Sandy Lyle, what the Masters was like back in the day, etc. Have you been playing much golf? over the past couple of weeks a little bit yeah i'm playing really well at the moment just can't quite that's nearly positive for you just can't quite break uh, par which is the only reason I've you always get close now. and then you have issues at the end of your round don't you yeah i played golf the other day and i had two birdies in the same round which is uh, are you noting down how long it takes you to get 10 <laughs> to get 10 so we that's were, your first two we were talking about that weren't we um yeah i suppose i can we're playing golf tomorrow aren't we yeah we're playing royal mid surrey golf club in richmond tomorrow uh, Which you've played before or recently? Yeah, I've played before. It's got two courses and it is over 125 years old, the club. They celebrated that last year. Do you think it's going to suit my game? I don't really think any course suits your game, to <laughs> It's a honest. good answer. It's a good answer. I also played crazy golf as well. I played Moby Golf, oh, yeah. which is on Essex, London border. Shot two over par. Did you? Ripped it up. Your lowest round ever, <laughs> two over. 43 was too over par there you go absolutely thrashed my wife and my three-year-old son took him to the cleaners i would hope you know it's good no very good very enjoyable so uh yeah a bit of golf been going on you've been following the world of golf little watching it on a little what's happened well we haven't had any european tour last week there's no european tour this week we had well, the two w- women's majors in a row we had a wgc after the open so it's very strange yeah. who won the wgc i can't remember brooks kepka oh yeah mackerel was in the final group <laughs> i mean that should just be the guess for every single uh every single tournament shouldn't it who won that one oh kepka did who won that one oh kepka did roy win no he finished second <laughs> he couldn't putt well, he putted very well for the first three days, didn't he? Uh, but no, but most recently, we had the Wyndham uh, Championship last week on the PJ Tour. JT Poston. JT, is a strong name, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know what it stands for, actually. Well, I don't know, but yeah. JT Poston won his maiden PJ Tour title. Uh, he became the first man since Lee Trevino in 1974 to win a PJ Tour event whilst going bogey-free for 72 holes, which is quite impressive. Um, yeah. 26-year-old wow. shot 62 on Sunday to beat Webb Simpson by one. Ben Ann was third, and beep, 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 Victor Hovland was fourth. Hovland will now head to the Corn Ferry Tour Finals to try and earn his 2019-20 PJ Tour card. Hovland just missed out on his card, didn't he? He could have actually got it for the whole uh, whole of the season for next year. Yeah, he... We're not quite sure why. He probably needed to win, didn't he, or something, or... Yeah, he needed to finish second, so he was only two shots shy. But yeah, after turning pro along with Colin Morikawa and Matt Wolfe, we thought Hovland might be the star of the three, which he probably still could be. But they've both won PJ Tour events already, so it just shows you how good they are coming out of university these days. Yeah, no, it's been very impressive from these youngsters. And they've changed the amateur rule, haven't they, for the US Open at least. So if the US amateur champ wants to turn pro, they still let him play in the US Open. Is that right? Yep. Uh, very good rule. Very good um Do you think it is? Sense. Uh, yeah, of course. He's won the US Amateur or the US Women's Amateur. So you've earned the right to play in the US Open the next year. doesn't matter if you're a pro or an amateur. Mm-hmm. But why Why do they need to change it? Because all the because other ma- the majors the other majors haven't changed, have they? No, but I think the, the other majors should because Hovland missed out on 200 grand. He missed out on 
66 points or wh- however many points it would have been because he was tied 12th at Pebble Beach and so he would have earned his card easily if the Masters counted as well where he made the cut. Um, but the only way, the only reason he got into the field in the first place was because he was an amateur so I'm, I'm not sure about it. I don't know whether they needed to change it to be honest with you. So I think it's really just common sense. He's earned the right to be there. End of. Do you think the amateur game's almost... What's the point of the amateur game at the moment? <laughs> what do you mean by that? Well, if if they're going to start doing things like that, I'm just I'm just playing devil's advocate here, but if we're going to say that actually the the guys who've won these things in amateur events can now go and win money, I don't. You know, is it is the amateur game just going to be obsolete? Are they going to have no, to? No, they are they ha- going to change? Are they going to change how they how things are separated? So it might be an age difference thing now instead of an amateur and professional game. No, it doesn't mean that they can win money. It means if they turn pro, they can still play. They don't have to forfeit. Yeah, but then they win, they'll win the prize money, though, won't, won't they? Yeah, it, only if they turn pro, which they're yes, fully I, entitled I'm, to I'm, win prize money for. Yes, yeah, yes I, I understand that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you say, oh, they're fully entitled to it. But at the moment, the amateurs that play in the majors, it's just saying, well done, here's your prize. Your prize is that you get to play at the Masters or the US Open or whatever. I don't know whether they they needed to change it. I'm going to be going to be honest with you. I'd like to see them change it at the Masters. Well, just all the majors. It's a bit harsh, isn't it, that you've got to wait to turn pro and earn money. I know, but again, I'll say, but there's lots of pros who um, would like to play in the Masters but don't qualify, and then some amateurs because they win at a tournament which is you know nowhere near as good higher standard than most of the events the pros are playing, get a chance to go through. No, I disagree with you there, sorry. Fine, fine. It's not like you to disagree with me. But uh, but yeah, I think Curtis Luck a couple of years ago may have turned pro and missed the US Open as US Amateur Champion. Um, so he's probably looking back on that with uh, a bit well, of disgust there. What? I think he lost out on his PJ Tour card as well. Not that that's related. But, Indeed. Yeah. There are other people who missed out on that who have lost their Tour card. Martin Keimer... Alex Noren. Alex Noren lost his PGA Tour card. I've only just seen that. Yeah, so he... He's like, he's top 20 in the world. I was, but he's inside the top 150, which means he gets conditional status, but he needs to go to the Corn Ferry Tour to earn it back. It's an odd one, isn't it? Because actually he... But then he, at the moment, he will still get into the Masters, the US Open, the Open, and the PGA. Yeah. But he lost his PGA Tour card. Odd, isn't it? Um... Other ones, Bill Haas, who's had a few issues, Harris English, Hunter Mahan, and Sang Moon Bay as well. So Sang Moon Bay had a, a, a gap in his career uh, to take up military service and looked like when he came back he was going to be uh, back in form. So um, uh, a shame that he hasn't quite been made, managed to get back to the heights of when he had to stop playing, but um, hopefully he'll be back in the season's career. That's difficult going two years without playing competitive golf. I'm sure he's practised quite a lot in the military, I don't know, but... Yeah. He's yeah. definitely lost something from that, you think. Martin Keimer's a huge loss, isn't it? We thought he was going he was coming back good, but it's not quite... Ha- We're going to see him on the European Tour now, won't we? Hopefully, yeah. I mean, he plays quite a lot of European Tour anyway, but on that subject, sticking with Hovland, I would like to see Hovland join the European Tour. I'd love to see him at Wentworth, and I would love to see him on the Ryder Cup team next year. I think he's good enough. He's won a match play event in the States he's got great experience in the States already yeah I'd like to see him on the team next year what I, do you think of that listeners or Tom well what I think is as I'm at the one here I think you're at the moment well he might be a fantastic player but at the moment he's playing for proper events really and there's people who are well ahead of him in the pecking order you've got what? to think of the guys who missed out on playing in the last Ryder Cup team someone like Matt Wallace won three times the European Tour, couldn't make it in the team. So comparing him to Matt Wallace at the moment, I think, is a little early, but you never know. if he. I'd like to see Wallace on the team as well. well okay, but what I about mean, Wolf? What about him? Would, do you think he'll make the team? I nearly year? howled like a wolf. There. <laughs> I'm going to stop myself. Do I think he'll make... The, yeah. I, I think he's way off at the moment, but he get, these guys are good. You know, if they suddenly pick up form, someone's got to come through. People will come through and others will drop away. But at the moment, you look at the 
Look at the Americans, as you keep on saying, domination of world golf at the moment. How many Americans in the world's top 20 at the moment? Must be at least 12, 13. Yeah. Uh, so for, any of, for Matt Wolf to get in, he's going to have to to start really winning and being really, really consistent and have a, and get into the world's top 20. If you're not in the world's top 20, it's unlikely you're going to be in the American Ryder Cup team, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, these guys, they're young. You know, they look very exciting, but um, I don't think we should put too much pressure on them. And if at the moment, if we're picking the team, and I wouldn't have Victor Hovland in my team. If there's a Ryder Cup coming up at the end of this September... Hovland would be a speck in the distance. Oh, yeah, of course. But Well, there you go. Also, another massive achievement for Big Vic. Uh, he has now become the highest ever-ranked Norwegian in history, up into the You 140s. really do have a Victor Hovland obsession, don't you? You're going to have a yeah, Victor Hovland tattoo, aren't you? Uh, well, also, you know. he's very... Um, <laughs> Where's this guy now? He's not as big as I thought he was. He was in the sky cut with Tim Barter. <laughs> Tim Barter's much taller than him. He made him look really small. So, yeah. You did just say he's not as big as you thought he was. Well, looking at him on let's telly, just, you think, yes. oh, cool, he's okay, let's six foot two or something. <laughs> but no, I reckon he's 5'9". How tall are you, Elliot? 5'11 slash six foot. Right on that. 5'11". Border. Uh, there was other golf that happened, as I'm quickly moving on about how uh, big Victor Hovland is. Uh, there was other golf. Which well, they don't call him Big Vic for nothing. Indeed. Uh, with the Women's British Open took uh, place at Woburn. Hinako Shibuno won, and it was an incredible feat because it was her first major championship. And it's the first uh, first time that the 20-year-old had ever played outside of Japan. So a really amazing, uh, amazing feat. Um, she becomes the second Japanese major winner, male or female, after Chako Higuchi won the 1977 Women's PGA Championship. She shot five under par, 31 on the back nine, including a bird at the last to beat Lizette Salas by one. Salas missed a five-footer on the last. She said that she had a good part, but admitted she was a bit nervous, which, you know, we all would be. Um, unfortunately, the home favourites kind of uh, fell away. Uh, Bronte Law shot six over on the Sunday. Charlie Hull, who we had great hopes because uh, she plays a lot at Bowen, shot four over. Uh, there have now been 15 major winners aged 20 below in the women's game. Uh, the last time a 20-year-old man won a major was Tom Creevy in the 1931 PJ Championship, it says here. Some uh, great stats there, Tom. Well, quite, thanks. Uh, thanks for writing them down on this bit of paper so I could read them out, Elliot. Uh, did you watch much of the Women's British Open? Yeah, I saw quite a lot of it. I didn't see Sunday. I only saw highlights because I was at a family gathering. Um, very strange. But what, like, what's going on in the women's game? Yeah. <laughs> Hannah Green win the PJ Championship, who I'd never heard of. And now Hinaki Shibuno, who... The only time she'd ever been outside of Japan was to Thailand for like a holiday. She'd never even played golf abroad. Yeah, pretty pretty mad. Ama- amazing, really. Yeah. If you think when you think about it, how you know you, you get every now and then you get a, a, a major winner who wins their first event. Very very rarely, but to win your first event played outside of Japan, that is incredible, isn't it? Uh, and it shows also that the Open Championship. She obviously qualified. I don't know how she qualified through no. whatever whatever way through uh, where she played. She won twice on the Japan LPGA yeah. Tour this year. So you know, and then suddenly you're you're into these major events, and it, it leads to these incredible things. Uh, I mean, I love Woburn. I think Woburn's such a um, beautiful course, and they've you know there's three amazing courses there, and it's a great place. But I do find it a bit weird that the Open's not at a Lynx course. Um, and after watching uh, Georgia Hall win at Lytham last year, I think it would have been nice for an, another Open Open course to uh, have hosted the Women's British Open. I know they. You know they they have have these links with these different places. It's not the first time Woburn has uh, has hosted the British Open, and it does a great job. But um, I think it would have been nice for to ha- for the women to have a, a proper links test this year. They're not really going to have one, I don't think, are they? No. Um, yeah, Shibuno said that the course really reminded her of what she plays in Japan. So it was a great event, but maybe the LPGA Tour should make Woburn a 
a regular stop. I think then, I definitely think that would. Yeah, it's, it's I think Woburn de- definitely deserves that. I think Woburn should always have a, a big-ish event there, whether it's in the men or, or female game, because it's just so nice and it can it can look after it. It can run it properly. So, and you get big crowds there being at London. Well, Woburn is near not, London. Woburn is not in London. No, I, know. I mean, it's, it's, it's I mean it's near Milton Keynes, isn't it? But it's very near London as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. People are going to start writing, and if you start saying things like that, you reckon? Yes, yes, um, yeah. But it's so. When's the next women's majors? Next week? Week after? All five are all done. All four in the men's game are all done. The major season's over, and it's well, it's August now, but it's only just August. It's August the sixth, isn't it? I know it's August the sixth because it's payday. Um, but there are oh, some. That's why you bought <laughs> six crates of wine today. Let's 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 not mention the wine. Um, uh, but there are big events still happening, and that's what we're going to chat about for the rest of the podcast, really. So, first up, it is the start of the FedEx Cup playoffs already, which is the end of the PGA Tour season, even though we're only in August. Um, and there's been some changes this year. There's only three events instead of the four. They moved it forward so it doesn't clash with the start of the NFL season in America. And also, we'll see how it pans out next year with uh, the Ryder Cup and also the Olympics. Uh, also, what, something which I'm not sure whether this is going to be good or not, but the Tour Championship, the final event, uh, where there's only a 30-man field, we'll see a staggered start. So before a ball is even hit in anger, whoever's leading the FedEx Cup playoffs will begin at 10 under par. Uh, the winner will earn a $15 million bonus. That's a $15 million bonus. <laughs> That's up $5 million on previous years. So it's a massive event, no doubt, and not surprisingly, there's a huge field for the first event, which is the Northern Trust. Um, That is this week. Um, It's hosted at Liberty National in New York, which is the spectacular golf course uh, in the shadow of the Statue of Liberty and, uh, and Manhattan. Um, amazing views not always sure the pros like the golf course itself as much as the views but hey ho uh, DeChambeau is the defending champion or he did win it on a different course last year um, and there's some big, quite big names in attendance Tiger Woods is uh, in attendance for the first time since Port Rush let's hope he's walking a bit a bit freer and then there's the top three in the FedEx Cup rankings at the moment Butch Kupka, Rory McIlroy Matt Kuchar they're all playing are you excited about this, Elliot? Yeah. This whole this whole shebang, this new look FedEx Cup. No, but it's going to be entertaining. You're not excited it? about by, about it. <laughs> well, I guess I am, but I don't you agree. You don't sound it. I don't morally agree with it. I think <laughs> the, pe- the the schedule has been <laughs> what, what, sorry. destroyed. So what? <laughs> you don't morally agree. Sorry, what do you not morally agree with? The whole season revolving around NFL, I don't give a damn about NFL. I know a lot of people in England now do, but I don't think the rest of the world really cares that much about it. And yeah, it's just completely changed the entire sports schedule, just like some American football. Can you believe that? Uh, Well, I don't think it's just American football. American football is definitely causing effect on this because... Um, they didn't. They didn't like the tour championship, the the finale being played at the same time as the NFL, when there's huge TV audience lost to a different sport. So I don't think. I think it's quite a clever idea, really, because actually there's a chance that they'll get more viewers actually watching the end of their season. It does feel a bit odd that it's it, it's August already and we're talking about the end of the season. Um, but I think it will look a bit clearer next year with the Ryder Cup in play and also the Olympics in play as well so even at this stage where we're thinking oh it's the end of the PGA Tour season we'll still say oh well there's actually there's some still quite exciting events still to come and something that we'll chat about in a minute it is a great opportunity for the European Tour where the European Tour have got five or six weeks in a row where they've got some really good tournaments and they're going to have for once a really strong field as well um who? But let's just stick with the Northern Trust at the moment. Who do you think is going to do well this week? Do we think that there's going to be anyone other than Kupka? Uh, I had a look at the odds, and I would go for Schofle at thirty-ish to one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know who you're going for. 
I quite like the look of who have I picked? I quite like the look of two people. Well, I've I picked five, but I'll tell you pick guys five. I picked five. Yes, it's, it's only one God, event. It is payday, isn't it? There's only one event this week, so I, you know I picked five. So Ricky Fowler, oh. twenty-two to one. He was. Why is he twenty to one? Twenty-two to one. Decent odds. Why is he short odds than Xander Schauffele? Uh He's played there before. Finished top ten in there in 2013, and also he's part of the Presidents Cup team, which absolutely wiped the floor with the internationals there in 2017. So he's got pretty decent form. Also, he's off the back of his best major performance for a couple of years at the Open Championship. So he's also won this year, and you know he's playing pretty good golf. I know you don't like him. I'm uh, a big fan of Ricky Fowler. I know he just yes, yeah, you worry about his game, but I think it, that's pretty decent odds. You've got to think of the guys who are favourites here: Rory and Kupka and DJ. You know they're quite short odds. You know they're all around the nine to ten to one mark. Um, and then I also really like Tommy Fleetwood, who's twenty-eight to one, but he's probably one of the hottest golfers on uh, in the world at the moment. He's off the back of two top tens, one at the Open and one at the WGC. Of course, he was second at the Open. And he hasn't won this year. And he's one of those kind of elite golfers. He's 12th in the world, uh, which, you know, you feel like he is going to win this year. Whether it's this week or not, I don't know. But I think he's in a decent position to win. Um, and I think his game probably suit suit the, the course. So Never won in America, though, has he? Well, no. But then some, you're going to have to. OK, my, la- my other tip then, 100 to 1. Uh, Danny Willett. Oh, do you know I was eyeing Danny Willett up actually. <laughs> he was 125. Some incredible to one. things you're saying on this podcast at the moment. Uh, 125 to one with one bookmaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna, uh, yeah, you're going to be at least 100 to one. So uh, he's playing. He's just outside the world's top 50, which is an incredible comeback. When you think of the depths that he fell to, um, he's just playing really well. And has he won in America before? Uh, I can't remember. And then, no. Yeah, he, oh, he won that little tournament that <laughs> Augusta, didn't he? So, um, one hundred one. I think he's he's decent looking looking odds for. I think he's playing quite free golf. He's under no pressure. His game's in looking pretty decent. Played played very solid at the Open um, to finish sixth. So uh, yeah, I think I think Danny was another. For the rest of my betting tips, I've given away three already. Do Google golf betting tips and uh, click on our our post. One player who was involved in Danny Willett's victory in 2016 was Jordan Spieth. And last week in the office, I said, putting it out there, <laughs> Jordan Spieth will win the FedEx Cup. I thought, he'll win this week or whatever, and then he could easily win the Tour Championship. And he was in a great position after two rounds at the Wyndham. And then he shot something like 77 and missed the uh, third round cut. So, yeah. Spieth, he, he, Spieth doesn't seem to be able to play four rounds of golf in a row but I wouldn't be surprised if he does suddenly pull out a, a victory uh, whether I think he's going to win the FedEx Cup I don't no, I don't think, think that anymore so but um, yeah, but no, he's I think Kepka's going to win <laughs> well, I know that's not well thanks for that <laughs> which leads me what on what great insight leads me on to leads you on to are you aware <laughs> yes I am because you've, today, got, because you've written it in front of me but go on how much money Brooks Kepka could earn this year well this season do tell me more so he's already won $9.5 million and that is not taking into account any bonuses. So he got a $2 million bonus for Wyndham. So the Wyndham rewards thing. What's the Wyndham rewards thing? It was just yep. top 10 at the PJ Tour FedEx Cup standings by the Wyndham Championship. So he won that before the Wyndham Championship and then didn't bother playing in the Wyndham Championship. Uh, then he won a million dollars for the Aeon Risk Reward Challenge. What's that, Elliot? I don't really know, to be honest. It's just... I, I actually know what this is. So each each week on the PJ Tour, they pick a hole, and it's how well you play that one single hole um, per tournament. I used to like the Kodak Challenge. I think it is. But I was I a child just, back then. I think it's pretty much the same thing. And less cynical. Uh, so that is... Come on. $12.5 million. Let's say you got a million dollars for turning up in Saudi Arabia, which I think you did, and a million dollars for turning up in Abu Dhabi. That's fourteen and a half million dollars. Uh, he could. Do you think you got, think you got paid a million dollars to turn up in Abu Dhabi? I think so. He was the world number one at the time, wasn't he? Mm. Um, I'm not sure whether he would have been that much. If he wins the FedEx Cup, which he probably will, because he likes to practice. Well, he's going to be in the Tour Championship. We know that. 
So he's going to have a chance. So that's an extra 15 if he wins that. and then But then he's playing three weeks in a row as well. So he's got all that extra prize money. That'll take him over 30 million. And Nike probably paying five mil a year, ten mil a year. So what's saying? It, well, just absolutely raking it in. Well, yeah. I mean, if he's going to win thirty million dollars in actual winnings, uh, that's an outrageous amount of money, isn't it? So, but none of that will count for the official money list. So Jordan Spieth holds that record. It's like twelve and a half million, and Kepka's currently three million short of that. But he has got three events left. Mm. No, it's quite um, quite a lot of money. Do you and think it's too much money? <laughs> this is what I thought you were talking about morally. Morally, I thought you were going to get on about the amount of money that's in the in this part of the game. But actually, your morals were that you just don't like the schedule. But but all this money, it, obviously, it's sanitising the game. It's making Kepka only really practice for the majors or care about the majors. It's making players miss events because they don't care about the small events. Kepka even said that, didn't he? He said, I don't care about the Canadian Open or whatever he's playing in I think you t- I think you need to take a pinch of salt with everything Kirk was saying because he's uh, he obviously wants to get a few headlines here and there and he's just you know shooting the wind and he can do it at the moment because he's playing so well you know he can say what he wants and you know he's in every tournament going and he's under no pressure because he's had such a, another such a great season so uh, I also feel it's way too much money uh, I mean 10 million bonus was too much money and now it's 15 million. It just seems an outrageous amount of money when you look at some of the states. I know it's an American tour. I think the American amateur golf games in probably quite retail for the moment. But you look around the world, I think there's there's other things that, that quite a lot of that money could go towards. Yeah, um, the PJ tour does loads for charity anyway. Oh, it, it does. It does. Yeah, it it does absolutely. Uh, but it is a bit incredible. Really, isn't it? That's a lot of money. I remember when I when uh, when I first joined Golf Monthly two thousand nine, I think there was a the second time that it was a million million dollars was up for any event. Uh, I think the event in South Africa, and um, I remember going, "Oh, that's a lot of money." That's, yeah, well, um, Kep- that's nothing now, is it? Kepka winning the FedEx St WGC a couple of weeks ago. He won four and a half million that day because that was when the Wyndham. Aon re- rewards and the 1.5 or 1.7 million prize money. What did you think? Do you think you went to Nando's afterwards? Uh, possibly, yeah. I know a lot of boxers go to Nando's because it's healthy. If you stay away from the food that I order, you always got to move it to boxing. Chicken and rice or something. Whereas I have a double double chicken burger with cheese, peri peri salted chips. Just off the top of your head, there. Um, what do you have at Nando's? You go for half a chicken. Times it's, two. It's definitely one of my favourite <laughs> restaurants. Well, not ashamed yes, to say. is it a restaurant? Outlets. Indeed. So, a lot of money up for grabs. And, um, I mean, Kupka is one of those guys where we think, you know, is he going to win more and more majors? And that was a question that we asked 1992 US Master Champion Fred Cuphorse recently. Sam Tremlett, who always does the quiz for us and sometimes appears on this very podcast, uh, walks some fairways with Mr. Couples a few weeks ago and he asked him loads of good questions and Fred was not holding back in his answers. Big one starting, who is the greatest player to ever play the game in your opinion? Uh, I would say Jack Nicklaus and um, basically just because you know he's been the greatest major winner and won so many events and represented the game and Tiger Woods in another 10 years could could take his spot but he's not quite there yet yep. uh, and so who will win more majors Rory McIlroy or Brooks who who will win more majors Rory or Brooks Whew. what do they have right now four each four each yeah wow I'm gonna say Brooks at this time mm. although Rory's one of my top five favorite players yeah but I would say if you're asking right now I would, looks, yeah. looks like Brooks will win more yeah and so do you think Tiger will win another I do I do I think I think he might win Augusta next year once he's rested and everything well I mean he, yeah but that was a big deal so but that's just what I think I think he might win it again yeah uh, so aside from your major victories um what is the greatest victory, like, tournament you've won that you think? 
Um, well, after that, it would be the, I would say the two, the TPCs in Jacksonville, the Players' Championship. Yep. Um, by far. But my, I, I would say after that would be playing on the Ryder Cup teams, whether win or lose, just mm. making those teams. Yeah. Um, and what is your favorite major? Which one's your favorite? <laughs> in what? order, probably goes Augusta, British Open, U.S. Open, PGA. Why's that? Well, I just, I, I mean, Augusta's always been my favorite. Then I, the, the, the British Open, I think, is by far the m most fun to play in. Mm. It's just a different animal. You know, Augusta, you get used to, and if you really like it and you can play it, you can have good finishes. And I had a lot of good finishes uh, at the at the Open too, but I just I just like the golf. And. Name one star for the future that you think that you've seen. That one star? One star that you think is going to be the next. Well, I think Patrick thing. Cantlay is an unreal player. Um, so you think he's going to break into that kind of oh, I, I think next he'll, level? Oh, I think he'll win a major or two. I really do. Matt Wolf just won. I don't yeah, know I anything say. about him. Mm. But Tom Lehman Crazy played Crazy swing, right? Yeah, different action. <laughs> but he hits it so far. So, but I think Cantlay, you know, five years ago, I used to say Ricky Fowler all the time, who's mm. still phenomenal. But I, I think Cantley has the potential to, to be a major champion soon. So are there any rules that you think that come in that you think need to change or ones you don't like or? Well, I, so I was a belly putter. Mm. Okay. And I honestly really, really, really think they missed the boat when they went from anchoring to letting people go a little bit like that mm. and just letting the putter swing. And then if, if if, if that's not anchoring, I don't know what is. I've said that. How is that not anchoring? I've said so, the same thing. So the it's, the you know, it's, it's like, and if we get away from that, I, I think we need to outlaw these lines on the balls. So, for instance, if, if, I'm a, if I'm a good player, right, and I know it's on the ball and everyone does it, but if I can put a big line on right here and, I can, and I can put it right there, and I can do this. I mean, I've been on tour a long time. In the 80s, no one did this. Mm. But they still had marks on the ball. I mean, no one did it. Mm. They just put the logo down. They stared at it. But it's you alignment, know, isn't it? It's yeah, it, thank you. Mm. So why can't on the next tee, I put my club down like that and grab the club, but you can do this. So, you know, if, if I get through the, I mean, I, this, I just, I cannot believe this is legal. That right there, I, I, that's anchoring more than a belly putter. You know, dropping the ball by the knee and all that. I, I'm, I'm okay with all those, some of mm -hmm. the other stuff. But that that anchoring, that's anchoring. Okay, is ball and club technology, do you think it's too helpful for modern players or do you think it's about right? Or? See, that, I think everyone here would... Now, I'm old, so it sounds like, oh, you're old, you're old, you're old. But the clubs are really, really much easier to hit. There's mm -hmm. no doubt. Um, if you can, if you can somehow slow the ball down, but you know they just had a couple guys drivers outlawed. I, I gotta believe there are a lot of drivers that are past over the limit, yeah. over the limit, whatever it is. And I could see Xan, I could see Xander being mad. I, I would be mad if they only tested 30 guys, mm -hmm. not 156. Um, it's not like a blood test, you know, mm -hmm. or it's a random hey, you know, we need you to go yeah. a blood test. This is your driver. But the players probably I, don't know about it as well. Either. I, no, he's not cheating. He's yeah. got a driver that yeah. they handed him, and, and yeah, you know exactly. now they're saying it's no good. Mm. But the 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 ball, it's they just hit it so far. And I played, you know, Augusta. I played Riviera, and I'm going to play the Safeway. I don't know why I played Riviera. <laughs> so way Tiger wanted me to play, so I played. it was so long. <laughs> But I mean, when I'm on a 200-yard par three, you know, I'm mm. I'm going to hit a little four or a five. You know, they're hitting seven, it, six. It's hard to believe, but yeah, they're hitting a six or a seven. Mm. It, it, that makes no sense to me. Uh, the clubs are a little stronger. They're built better than they were 20 years ago, mm. but they just hit it so far. Right. So last one. And um, what is your like, number one tip for the, like the amateur golfer in tip? terms of their short game? Yeah. Ooh, so. Short game. Bunkers and chipping, not. Not in every, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. short game is like I'm long and loose, 
So it's hard, but I mean, if, if I could be more like Tom Watson, I would do that in a heartbeat. I think people, when they get short game, they get too, too short and fast. Mm. Boom, boom. If they can slow it down and just count, you know, it, just, just give it a little count when they're standing over it, and then they just go one and make contact at mm. two. And if you can do that, I mean, I do it in tournaments, you know, while I'm there, but I do it practicing because you want to make contact every time at two, one, two. And mm. if you're going one, you never get there. So it's just a little speed drill. Chip, chipping and bunker play is really hard. You have to get technique and you have to take a lot, of, you know, you have to practice. work, you have to take lessons yeah. and practice. Yeah. But if you don't, then you got to get your, if you're chipping like that one there or nine iron, you still has to be the same pace. Mm. It's like a driver, you know, I, I try and swing a driver the same every time, I try and chip the same. But then you get a fluffy lie or a tight lie and everything goes haywire. I don't blame any, I do the same. <laughs> awesome. All right, thanks thank a lot. You. So some interesting comments there from for couples, especially I think about the anchor putting. Yeah, so Fred wasn't being very good for radio there, but I think he means the Kucha arm lock style that he wants to see outlawed, which... Kucha's not yeah. the only... I know you have a bee in, the bo- in your bonnet about Matt Kucha, but Kucha's not the only player who puts the uh, the club up the inside of his wrist to putt with, which uh, has been completely cleared by the R&A. And there's no hinges, there's no pivot. You just love Kucha, don't you? No, I'm I not. Wasn't I wasn't insulting Kucha, though. You, well, you, you Right, were. the Bryson DeChambeau method. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of... But as a uh, as a former belly putter user himself, I think yeah that was really good. Sam asking him just about any rule. He didn't ask him what do you think about this. That's the first one that he thought of. So he's clearly very passionate about it. And I thought it was very interested in what he said about lining the ball up on the green. Like yeah. I never thought of that. I don't have a problem with it to be honest, but no. clearly he does. No, and I th- I just think I don't know how they would ever outlaw having a mark on your ball. Um, because even um, manufacturers' names are in reasonably straight lines, aren't they, <laughs> yeah. sometimes? So uh, I think it would be... I think that's a bit of a tricky one. <laughs> don't, I don't yeah. think... I think that's about something we don't... Re- you don't really need to change. The R&A would have to announce um, manufacturers from now on have to draw their logo in a wonky line. Yeah. <laughs> or just have a completely clean ball. But, um Yeah. Well, but it's a really great, great, great comments there from Fred Couples, and great to have Fred Couples on the on the podcast. Um, Love it, Fred Couples, yeah, and that's hopefully made you a bit more positive, Elliot, about the rest of the season of golf. And as I said earlier, strong end uh, to the season for the European Tour. We've got loads of great events, but actually, for once, with great fields. So we've got the Omega European Masters in Switzerland, one of the most Incredible golf courses on the planet, Cranstocier there. The Porsche European Open, the KLM Open, the BMW PJ Championship at Wentworth. At Wentworth, Elliot. You love Wentworth, don't you? Yeah, uh, you're not quite giving listeners what they uh, what they need there. So No, hang on a minute. I haven't finished my sentence, Elliot. I know what you've written here, but I'm not going to write... Okay. okay. Uh, and then also we've got the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship and Spanish Open and Italian Open. And I look at this huge list of players' names that you want me to read out, which I'm not going to read out every single one of them. No, but, but why would they be excited about the Just listen to, me, to what I'm going to say, Elliot. Thank you. <laughs> and we have the likes of Rory McIlroy, Sergio Garcia, Xander Schufle, Patrick Reed, Matt Kuchar, Paul Casey. And then at the K- KLM Open, we have Patrick Reed, Sergio Garcia, Wallace, Westwood, Peters, Loughton. Loughton is always at the KLM Open. I don't know why you put that there. And uh, even like Kupka, Fleetwood, Hatton. I mean, it's a fantastic array of players who will be in attendance. And that's without even looking at Wentworth, where we've got McElroy, Rose, Fleetwood, Molinari, Reed, Finau, Horshaw. Superb, isn't it? This is what we've been looking for for years now. Every time Wentworth turns up, or the European Tour turns up at Wentworth, it's always a question, is it, why are there no Americans here? It's the European Tour's flagship event. And finally... Because it was in the wrong time of the year, Elliot. Let's let's get to it. It used to be in May. It used to be in between uh, the Masters and the US Open. People had their own schedules going on. They were thinking about the US Open, blah, blah, blah. blah. It wasn't right. Now, at the end, it's going to be after all of the PGA Tour season... People can just concentrate on the European Tour. This really good run of events, and then going into the final series. 
before the uh, DP World Tour Championship in November. So, and I'm really looking forward to Wentworth being played when it should be. It was way too early in the year for Wentworth. It wasn't, all the plants hadn't grown properly. Uh, the grass is still maybe usually recovering in May if it's if it's been a tough winter. But this time it's going to be after a really strong summer. Hopefully the weather behaves itself. And it, I just feel it's going to be, Wentworth's going to look so brilliant. And um, I think it could be a really, really good event. Oh, it's going to be amazing, isn't it? McElroy, Rose, I, Patrick Reed as well. The crowds he's going to get, the, the Brits are going to love him. Well, love following him around. And I still feel like there'll be more Americans that commit to it, especially after seeing these ones as well. T- uh, Tony Finau, he's going to draw some massive crowds. It's just, yeah, it's brilliant. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a fantastic week. That's in September 19th to 22nd. So, um, yeah, if you get a chance to go to Wentworth, I'm sure you can still get tickets then you know do put the effort in because it's going to be a proper proper event this year and if you haven't had the chance to go to Wentworth how good's Wentworth Elliot it's dreamy <laughs> it really is it's dreamy also there's a there's an Anne-Marie concert this year that is included in your ticket I don't work for the European tour but that's pretty good as well isn't it yeah, I suppose, yeah, if you're into that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, really exciting. So even though we feel that the PJ Tour is coming to the end, the European Tour really feels like it's only just getting going, So uh, even though the Open's finished. So uh, really good couple of months to look forward to. Yeah, it looks like Patrick Reed is a full member now and is going to play his allotted events. Rose playing the Italian Open as well. You're, you are just now. You're just continuing to list players in the tournaments. We've, we, we've done it now, Elliot. We've done it. We said it's going to be exciting, haven't we? We have, yeah. Yes, good. Also, uh, to look forward to, they have increased the first prize money, haven't they? Is, so is that something for me to look forward to, that they've increased the first prize money? Well, not for you, because you're not playing, but these guys that are playing. So the winner in Turkey will get $2 million. Winner in South Africa at the Nedbank will get 25 And the winner in Dubai will get $3 million. Nothing to do the race of Dubai, purely just that tournament. Yeah, and that will hopefully get some of those big names over. I'm sure it will. Right, moving on swiftly after a week hiatus to the quiz. Now, firstly, I'm going to put a little asterisk by the quiz. Sam Tremlett, big, big cross, failed to email the quiz over. Yeah, he's in big trouble. This so he had to Skype over an image of the quiz to Elliot, which he's done. So firstly, I don't trust that Elliot has even uh, not looked at this. Got it. So Elliot... This week is going to look. This is ah, oh, this is very sketchy. Very sketchy. He's holding a battery case over the phone so he can't see the answers. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I'd just like to say, Sam, you let us down this week. Great interview with Fred Couples. So maybe you redeemed yourself with a that. Bad admin. Anyway, uh, I think the score is seventeen thirteen. Whatever. Let's get on with it. Okay. Question number one. You've yeah. taken away the battery thing, which you were looking at answers. It's just I, gone now. Okay. Question if I win this, it will be a miracle. Oh, you always say that, and you always do win. You're in a good run at the moment. I um, was. Go on. Right, play along at home. Japanese 20-year-old Hinako Shibuno won her first major at the Women's British Open, but can you tell me how many major winners, male or female, Japan has had? Yes, we covered that already. Right, question two. The event was held at Woburn. Can I say that Elliot just wrote down his answer and then covered it up, even though he's five yards away from me. Thinks I'm cheating. I want to cover my answer now. Right, so Woburn Golf and Country Club held the event, uh, and it has three courses in golf, one of these top 100 courses. These are the Marquess, Dukes, and Duchess. Which one has the best ranking? <sighs> I knew that was going to be the question. Do you know that? But I know, I'm guessing. Uh, right, question three. JT Poston won his first PJ Tour title at the Wyndham Championship. I should have looked this up. What does the JT stand for? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we should have done, shouldn't we? <laughs> uh, question four. There's been only one Japanese winner of the Wyndham Championship. Name him. There's, sorry, there's there's been one Japanese winner of the Wyndham Championship. Name him. 
Is that the question? There has been only one Japanese winner of the Wyndham Championship. Sam, that name him. This is that's got going down as the oddest question of the year, I think. Um, I see what he's done. R- really? What's he done? He's linked a J- J- Japanese winner of the Women's British Open to the Wyndham Championship. Not really, has he? Um. Come on. Can't really even think of any Japanese golfers. Uh, question five: Kepka won the Wyndham Rewards two million bonus, recently adding to an already impressive year. But in which year did he turn professional? That's a good question. <sighs> I disagree. That's a dreadful question. This is just plucking numbers out of the air. Again. Yeah, that is true. Um, right. Okay. Sam, you're making a lot of tea when I next see you. Uh, right, Gordon Brand Jr. Sadly passed away at the beginning of August. How many European Tour victories did the Scottish golfer have? I'm just guessing. I mean, I'm just writing down any number. Do you know that? Yeah. I know the answer to the next one as well. Well, you do. No wonder you've got the answers there in front of you. I can see you looking at them. No. Bernard Langer won his fourth Senior Open Championship at Royal Lytham recently. How many senior major titles has he now won? <laughs> this is just number guessing. How many... How many senior majors has he won? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if... I, I think I've got one. Oh, this is a difficult one. Question nine. Question nine? I thought it was question eight. Did we miss one? Ah, sorry. Question seven and question eight start with the same name. Question eight. Bernard Langer sits <laughs> second for the most PJ Tour champions wins... Ever with 40. The player on top spot has 45. Name them. I think I know that. You wrote something down very quickly there. I've I've written something down, yeah. It's a complete... Uh, Right, question nine. From 2019 to 2022, the Northern Trust tournament will be rotated between courses in which three states? Point for each. Bore off. How am I supposed to know that? Quite confident in those guesses. Bully for you. Uh, Question 10. Finally, which player has won the Northern Trust the most times? I reckon I've got maybe one right. Well, that's good to hear. I reckon I've got two. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's going to be a lie because you're going to have about seven because you already said that you know. And you've got. Can I just? I'm just going to do an answer for question four, the Japanese one. What's the bloke with the hat from the Masters? I'll leave it out. Um, Right. (laughs) So uh, yeah, I didn't answer question four. You didn't answer question four. You didn't think of a Japanese golfer. Well, it wasn't Hideki Matsuyama, was it? I don't know, but he's Japanese. That's who I've written down. Um, if it is Hideki Matsuyama now, I've got pie on my face. Right. Question one was... Hinako Shibuno won her first major, but can you tell me how many major winners Japan has had? Two. Two, yeah, that's correct. I put two as well. Uh, which of Woburn's three courses are ranked higher in our top 100? Marquez. Yeah, Marquez, which oh, is correct. That's what the one they played on at the weekend, isn't it? Yeah. Um, what does JT stand for in JT Poston? John Thomas. Uh, I went for John Tony. It is James Tyree. Tyree? Uh, question four. Who was the Japanese winner of the Wyndham Championship? Hideki Matsuyama. Well, that's what I've written, yeah. No, it was Shigeki Maruyama in 2003. Fair play. Well done to the lad. Uh, Five, when did Brooks Koepka turn pro? 2010. 2012, which uh, I got, which is correct. Did you? Oh, that's a shock when you got the answers there in front of you. How on earth did you know that? It's common knowledge. 
It's common knowledge. Yeah, he came through the European Tour in the 2013 season, didn't he? Well, the uh, Challenge Tour. Right, question six. Gordon Brand Jr. passed away at the start of August. How many European Tour wins? I put 22. I put eight, which is the correct answer. Oh, really? Oh, that's a shock. When you've got the answers in front of you? <laughs> I don't have the answers in front of well, me. Well, you do. They're on two separate pictures. Yeah. Uh, question seven. Langer won his 14 or open. How many senior majors has he won now? 15. <laughs> uh, 11 I went for. And is that the right answer? <laughs> that is the correct answer. Oh, what a shock. <laughs> I, did th- I did the news story for the website. So that's how I know that. Uh, number eight. <laughs> Langer sits... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, something funny earlier. It's quite hard being quiz master, you know. It's really I now not. I appreciate you, the job that it's you... It's really easy. It's it's quite hard being the quiz master when you're cheating. That's, <laughs> that's the issue. You get the giggles, don't you? I would not cheat on national podcast radio. Langer is second in PJ Tour Champions wins full time. Who is first with 45? I bet Hale Irwin. Is that the right answer? <laughs> Who did you put? Not Hale Irwin. Uh, yeah, it's Hale Irwin. Well done, Hale. <laughs> All Hale. Right. Oh, I've just seen I've got the next one right as well. It's a shot, a shot <laughs> though, isn't it? Got everyone right when you're the, you're the quiz master. Please do send in complaints. Right. The Northern Trust will rotate between three states in three co- three courses in three states for the next three years. Which states are they? Oh, should I answer that? Because I don't know the answers. I don't like, know the answer either. Well, you've just said you've got it. So yeah, New York. Uh, yeah, that's one point uh, for each. Florida. No. Oh, that's a shame. Up at Ohio. No. Wisconsin. No. Uh, New York, New Jersey, and Massachusetts. That was genuinely a guess. I just went for northern states on that northeast side. Yeah, I mean, I could smell something in here. Uh, which players won the Northern Trust the most times? Jordan Spieth. I went for Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods has never won the Northern Trust. That was a rubbish answer. Well, I'm clearly not cheating then, am yeah, I? It did. was Vijay Singh who's won it four times. Well, on Vijay. Well, shock, I got two there, and you got about 32. I got nine. Yeah, so you got the last one wrong. Because you thought, oh, I better not get everyone right. Ridiculous. Um, Actually, I didn't get job. I didn't get two. I got three. Sam, that was a good quiz. Sam, this week. that was the worst quiz ever. You need to do much better next week. Uh, and if you and please do print out the answer to the question so Elliot can't cheat again. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you did as well as as I did, and maybe even as well as the cheat Heath did as well. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week, where we'll be hearing from three-time major winner Patrick Harrington, which should be really good insight. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. Plus, follow us on social media at Golf Monthly on Twitter and Instagram, and at Golf Monthly Magazine on Facebook. Until next week, Elliot. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, enjoy the golf this week. I will. And uh, we'll speak to you next week.